Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. X-Pac 12360, featuring weekly news, insider commentary, and interviews with superstars, past and present from the world of pro wrestling. A new day is dawning for DX. And now, your hosts, Sean, X-Pac, Wolfman. Welcome to X-Pac 12360, everyone. A little bit later, I'm going to be joined by Dave Lagana, who is... A huge part, the maker of the National Wrestling Alliance. Yeah, I was trying to figure out. Like, I'm sometimes I like for a simple word. Like, I'll search for a simple word in my head to come up. Like, to for like I'm thinking maker, producer, like creator, the creator of Ten Pounds of Gold. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, which is to me deserves awards. It's been amazing. Yeah. He is the vice president of the National Wrestling Alliance yeah. and also Lightning One Productions, who created all of the 10 pounds of gold, which has been an amazing thing for a year now. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Johnny. You got Usually it. we have that shit all, you know. Oh, we had it. We just want to yeah. make them wait. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dave. I forgot I forgot to figure out what your actual um, job title is. We got it. All I know is you're like uh intricate part of NWA and like they couldn't do it without you. So anyways, yes. yeah, we're... When, a little bit later, we're going to talk to Dave, and we're going to talk about the the uh, NWA anniversary show coming up, and I want to say it's it's in October. October 21st. 21st, mm-hmm. and uh, it's going to be in Nashville at the fairgrounds, a place I know very well. And uh, and uh, so, yeah, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about 10 pounds of gold. Just uh, There's a lot of things I, I want to talk to Dave about, and just about the landscape of wrestling industry and 2018, and of so, course the future of the NWA. I think yeah. we're all intrigued. So. Yeah, for sure. And where the and like what he thinks. Anyway, like we'll save it for Dave. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. Anyways, there's a you know a few things going on in wrestling. I think maybe we could talk about. You guys want to? Yeah, we it, can yeah. get started. Obviously, with one of the biggest news that was definitely trending on Twitter, which is another step towards the women's evolution, which I think is personally office awesome. Being a woman myself, and it is Renee Young has officially joined the Raw commentating team. She has replaced Jonathan Coachman, mm-hmm. which I don't know. Maybe some people saw it coming. Some people didn't see it coming. But he is going to be f- getting a new spot on WWE. We don't know exactly what yet, but Renee Young is officially a part of the team. Yeah, and. <laughs> So, as soon as that, as soon as she, uh, as soon as she's um, f- filled in for somebody, a couple, couple weeks, weeks ago, ago, she filled in for coach. He yeah. was doing some golf channel stuff. Yeah, she crushed it, she and everyone was so happy for her, and and including myself. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of us, uh, you know, said so on Twitter. Absolutely. And um, and I'm not saying that had anything to do with anything, but it doesn't. It's no surprise to me that. Um, Smart people in the WWE realize this is a really good move. And it's not just because it is, you know, to, you know, yeah, part of it's obviously the empowerment of women. 
Uh, but she's really good at it. Yes. yes. You know, like that's the number one thing here, like to me. Like, well, not the number one thing, but it's right up there. Because, you know, like you don't want people being put in positions uh, just because they're a woman. Because I don't think that does any good for the movement at all. So, like, you get capable women that are, are really good at what they do, and, and you give them a shot to do things. Mm-hmm. And and that's what this is, and it's great. And, and I hope she continues to do a great job. You know, coming from a commentary perspective, when you're in the third chair, it's a different role than the second and the first. Obviously, Michael Cole being the lead, you got to basically be the main storyteller. And then Corey Graves, he's the one that, that's going to chime in with his personality. Being the third chair, you have to be in the moment. You yeah. have to yes and. You have to know how to improv. Renee can do all of that that and she's knocking it out of the park she has such a unique uh distinct view and i don't know if, if jonathan coachman really ever had his footing in, the, in that third chair uh, i don't know if he ever had a chance to get it he wasn't really in it long I'm, well he was in it for a few months right yeah but uh, uh the way you just broke it down right yeah now, yeah it sounds like coach would be more fitted for the second chair and giving his personality and adding like his little quips of things past uh, interactions he's had with wrestlers that have come back up, yeah. like when he would do ESPN and The Rock would show up, yeah. and they'd always like hint it, like, "Oh yeah, remember we used to be on Raw together," kind of thing. And he's a great lead anchor, and I think that's what he's going to be going to uh, for the pay per view kickoff shows. I think he'll be leading. Those. That's what I read. Yeah, and that makes sense. Uh, and and yes, he coach is very good at that type of thing. Mm, absolutely. Very good because he, he was great on Sports Center. So good on that. I think the cool part about this, too, is that Renee has been put in so many different positions. She's been backstage reporter. She's been hosting the panels. And each thing that she's done has absolutely knocked it out of the park. And the cool thing, too, is that I feel like with her, I mean, obviously, I don't know who they're going to have replace her on the pre-show panels. I'm personally hoping that it'll be Charlie just because I do feel that now there's going to be more doors opening for the girls that were kind of yeah. below her on this on the scale, I guess you can say, but I think Charlie would do a great job on that spot. Yes. And I would love to see Kayla Braxton move up to take Charlie's spot. And I kind of feel like with that sort of like push, I feel like Renee Young is paving a very nice way for a lot of the ladies that are working hard, not just because they're ladies, but because they're actually really good at their and, job. And also, <clears throat> excuse me, and also uh, to let everyone know that these aren't the only positions that can be filled by women in the WWE. You can do that. You know what I mean? So, yeah, there's just a lot to this. And, um, oh, shit. Now I can't remember what my thought was. Well, there's other positions, and, and, and anyone who's surprised that Renee Young is doing a great job, they clearly didn't watch Talking Smack. I mean, yeah, that show. I was going to say, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. So, like, and like you were saying, Denise, like the other thing she's done in in recent memory, I've all been really good, mm-hmm. and 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 I and it made me think of Talking Smack because they knocked that out of the park, and the company was like, "Oh wait, you can't do that," you know, and then they took it from from them. It was it was it Daniel Bryan and and mm-hmm. Renee, right? It was great. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was too good apparently. <laughs> That's actually a fair point. And that's the thing. It's, it's all about being in the moment. Live television is such a different animal, and she's proven that she yeah. can do it. Corey Graves, obviously, is amazing, and Michael Cole is a legend, so she fits right in with them, yeah. and I think their chemistry is only going to get better. And she's, uh, and she's, I could tell by, by listening to her, she's not gun shy out there. I, I could, she's just throwing it out there, regardless. So good for her. 
It's Good for fun. you, Renee. You can almost hear Corey Graves smiling at some of the times she gives it back to him. Because yeah. you can tell he enjoys it. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I can't wait to see it play out. Well, another thing that we were talking about last week a lot, which we did an entire show on, is All In. Yes. And obviously, we touched base on some of the numbers back last week, but now we have a clearer view of what the numbers actually are. As we know, the fans and everybody, the wrestlers, everybody has been raving about All In, but now the numbers are officially in. And here's what it is. So, in total amount of tickets that were sold were 11,263 tickets. At the gate, they made 458000 plus $100 at the gate alone. Right. And they sold every single piece of merch, which yeah. I think is awesome. So, as you, I believe, Johnny, you mentioned that they actually had a really, really long line. One of the uh, longest lines that long, you've seen. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt mm-hmm. you there, Denise, but I just remember when you were talking about your experiences at Long Beach New Japan yes. Show. It was a similar situation. Yeah. At, at, were you, did you see any of it? Oh, when I first got to the arena, I thought, man, people are really hungry. They yes. go, no, that's the merch line. The merch line. Yeah, because yeah, I was like, is this the beer line? When Scott and I, <laughs> Scott Hall and I were walking towards, you know, towards the elevator to go up to the suites. And so we had to walk by the merch line. And it was like, oh, God, geez. I was thinking, man, these people really like their beer. And then I looked over, and it was the merch line, and they only had one merch table. They only had one. Yeah, that's what it looked like. Oh, well, there wow. was only one huge line, yeah. and and uh, halfway through the show, uh, there was still. Oh yeah. A line that was almost out the door. And that's the first mistake that New Japan made at their first Long Beach show, yeah. not at the Pyramid, the one prior, which where they only had the one, and then yeah. we discussed, we talked about it, and then the lo- next Long Beach show had more stands, I believe like yeah. maybe two or four, who knows, and obviously the lines were still lengthy, but not as long, and then... F- Fast forward to their Cow Palace show, and they had a lot more stands. I mean, obviously, that was a whole different ball game. So, they were still Do you crowded. know if they sold everything, like ring canvas, turnbuckles? They sold everything. All of that stuff? Because watching it on TV, I was thinking, like, oh, man, they're going to sell the turnbuckles. Everyone signs them, and then they auction yeah. them off. And I think... all the ring skirts and the ring canvas and anything that said all in just yeah, because. Yeah, because Cody mentioned that's how they were kind of going to pay for the over-the-budget Battle Royal and all the talent that came in is utilizing everything from all in. So so everything went. I guess so. Everything must go. And so really, uh, truthfully, they could have made way more money than they actually did if they would have had one more merch and one more merch table. I mean, just think about it. Like, cause I'm, and and obviously that they would have brought more merch. Yeah. So and and I was told that High Spots had their best weekend in the history of their company. Not to mention that That's Fight surprising. TV jumped up a tax bracket. They reportedly made over a million dollars between Starcast and All In. Wow. So can good you for believe Fight that? I like, can we believe we're talking about this right now, and we're talking about it non WWE. Honestly, um, event that's doing these kind of numbers, and I heard so, like I read somebody when these numbers were put out go, oh, that's not really that good actually. If you compare it to WWE, sure, one of their big shows, but are you effing kidding me? Like you talk about like I see some people, and there's some people on Twitter that I actually follow because I really enjoy some of the stuff they put out, but then they get. And and they and they like because they don't like this type of thing and they were shitting on it from the beginning, mm. you know they were shitting on people for oh you got to be an idiot to pay this much for this and that and it's like really are you shitting on somebody else for paying money for what they like right like uh, 
You know, it's just not a good look. It's such a lame ass look. When I mean, yeah, people complain about whatever they want. You know, little things about the show they didn't like, but really, overall. Um, Oh my God, it's just so pathetic when I read some of this shit. And plus, value is subjective. Value yes. is what it means to you. I mean, people would think I'm dumb for having a Weird Al UHF poster framed that I spent $300 on. Guess what? It's value to me. It's the same thing <laughs> classic, with like All In. Classic. Like, yeah. You know, people can pay what they think is, is right for them. Even something as small as TGI Fridays, a major corporate company willing to will have a signing for you guys here in mm. Chicago. Please That's put right. us on your ring skirt. Oh, Cracker Barrel wants to be on the ring skirt too. Like major companies wanted to be involved in this for a reason. Sure. Yeah. So And I highly recommend uh, everybody go in and watch the uh, being the elite from uh, from this yeah. uh, from All In. It's so so interesting to get the perspective from people who are building a show for the first time. And the 10 pounds of gold that came out of that show was unbelievable. And we're going to talk to Dave about that in a little bit. And Pro Wrestling Tees also just made under $500,000 for the weekend. Yeah. One of the things I did want to add, which I'm happy Jimbo brought up, was the company company perspective because, um, you know, it's no it's no secret that in the past, you know, companies like when it came to WWE and NASCAR, when it came to advertisement numbers and how much money they were getting, we know that NASCAR was getting a little bit more just because advertisers maybe saw the difference in value in terms of the fans and stuff like that, which I know this is crazy, but that's what advertisers look at. And I thought that it, with this, it's very interesting because now I feel like you got to be absolutely like not smart if you're not seeing the potential in advertising within the wrestling community and you know helping that grow and whatnot as we're seeing with the numbers that we just heard i call those people dipshits (laughs) (laughs) i didn't want to say anything mean that's why i just said not smart Mm, you were very very regal in in that description like somebody was i in this one of this this, the same person i'm i'm thinking about right now on 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 Twitter, twitter was like Make no mistake about it. All In was a show backed by corporate this and ROA. No, it wasn't. They got on board after the fact. That's bullshit. That's absolute bullshit. Yeah, they supported the show and they gave it their blessing. But there was no, they didn't put any money up. None of that shit. Like, try again. This was Cody and the Bucks taking a chance on themselves and their friends. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And one of the cool things, too, that uh, like I feel like a lot of backstories are coming out now in terms of how the Bucks, you know, kind of sort of got to this position, because on The Observer, Dave mentioned a little piece about how there was a story. I forgot which which of the Bucks it was, but he couldn't even afford to buy himself a sandwich. Did you read that? Yes. I I filmed that, actually. Okay, there you go. So you could probably tell us about that. So when they were under contract in TNA, they were at the airport and they went to an Arby's and Nick's card wouldn't even work his credit card too. yeah so like they're wrestling on live tv like superstars in a major company and they can't even afford talking about tna though uh, well <laughs> there were a lot of guys on 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 uh not, i don't want to say guys I, was a lot of talent under contract for tna that had to get like help from the government oh boy yeah I'm not shitting you. I, like, I, I, government assistance. I had heard a story at one point at the TNA Knockouts Champion. We're talking back in the day. A Knockouts Champion was also working at Sunglass Hut. You know, it's tough times back yeah. then. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, so anyway, so I just thought that with that story and then kind of giving way to what they did with All In, it's kind of like, well, you, you just got to hand it to them. So anybody that can say, like, you can nitpick, like you said, you can nitpick the show. But the matter of fact is they pulled it off together. 
Yeah. What's going to happen for All In 2? Yeah. So once just, again, come on, everyone. It, it, it's just a really bad look on you guys' part. And you were there. The vibe and the energy. Yeah. It's, you can't help but smile when you think of All In. It was heaven. It really was. It was heaven for a wrestling fan. So Yes, it was. All right. So what else? Anything else before we take a break and come back with Dave? Well, one of the things that you also wanted to talk about was when you were on Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast, one of the subjects that came up was NXT talent versus WWE talent in terms of how, you know, some people are saying that NXT talent is a little better than WWE. Yeah. I don't know. Thank God Denise is here to tell me what I wanted to talk about. My <laughs> brain dead ass can't remember shit. So, <laughs> no, I was, it was from, you know, uh, I was on Steve's show. It was a couple weeks ago. Uh, he came by the house and, you know, we podcasted and, you know, it's just one of the things we talked about and, uh, you know, just discussing, like, it was almost like a candid conversation, not on the air, you know, like, you know, um, Steve doesn't usually, you know, uh, you know, uh, tip his hand that much about his thoughts on, you know, when it comes to anything that might be critical of, of a WWE you know, product, but so yeah, we were, um, and not saying that it was critical. It was just our observations, you know, and and uh, and all of this based on you know a backlash of people like saying, okay, we've had enough. Uh, we don't like what you're doing here, so we're gonna go, you know, get behind whoever else wants to give us, you know, what we want, you know, and and it's when you're trying to please all like. Everyone in your demographic, like, it's just, it doesn't work that well. Like, you do your best, and I understand what they're doing on, you know, the Raws and the Smackdowns now. You know, like, if you watch last night, uh, you know, they had this, the great segments, like, with the with the kids, you know, oh, yeah. with their little superstar uh, personas, and that that's the kind of stuff that you get to have, you know, by not catering so much towards the, you know, I want to say the hardcore fans, but you know you can like. There's we sacrifice some and, and you gain something by being able to have, and I know some people are going. What does that have to do with it? But it kind of does. Like, you know, you get to do things with Special Olympics, and if if the product is kind of hate to use the term watered down, is that, I don't know, but just where it's a little bit more. God, I don't even know how to put it. What do you think? It's maybe because, you know, they already know they already have. Like, the ones that have been fans for a long time, like the grown-ups, they already have us. You know, they already know that no matter what they put out there, they're still going to have us. But maybe it's more because they're trying to raise the kids in terms of yeah. them to make them develop into lifelong fans and yeah, so on and so forth. So that's why. Yep, exactly. we are, you have to indoctrinate the children at a really young age. And also, when it comes down to it, people got to remember, NXT is one hour a week. Yes. Raw is three hours. SmackDown is yeah. two hours. You know, it's a lot harder to make five hours of television versus one. Yeah, yeah, I know. But at the same time, that excuse only goes so far. Okay. Okay? Like, yeah, because even if NXT was to make three hours a week, they still have, they're still, you know, taking a different approach to it. Mm. And 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 the way they're presenting their storylines are more simplistic and easy to follow. And and that's a good thing. Sure. And uh, and the style, the in-ring style, is different, you know. And and the enthusiasm for the shows, like it's just it's it's a, it's it's night and day. 
Yeah, well, it really is. They have an amazing staff down there, too. Personally, yeah. I think that it's the fact that at NXT, they are allowed a lot more freedom. After all, it's still a developmental, so they're able to yeah. add to their movesets. They're able to try new moves versus, you know, in the main roster, they don't have that freedom. So honestly, I feel like sometimes when people say like, oh, yeah, NXT is better because they're just better. No, there's a lot of factors, I think, that play into that and why, you know, certain people thrive on the main roster or don't thrive on the main rosters because it's a, it's a different yeah. ballpark, I think. And I think it's a little bit unfair for people just to say, oh yeah, no, whoever's on the main roster just sucks or whatever. No, it's just that there's different limitations That's and right. different things they're allowed to try out. That's right. Um, can can I add so. something real quick? Please do. One of my favorite things about NXT is the fact that we get to see people grow. We get to see people evolve from when they get to the when they get right to the door to right before they, they ship out. I think Andrade Cien Almas is a, is a perfect example of that. Mm -hmm. And I think an example on the main roster that we got to see was Jinder Mahal's title run. Because when he came when he came back, he started sort of as an enhancement on Raw, moved to SmackDown, and then he got he worked his ass off to get to that WWE championship, and we got to see him work and improve every single week. And I thought it made him a more interesting and dynamic champion. And it's a similar thing that we're getting in NXT with the entire roster, where we got to see Patrick Clark now move on to being the Velveteen Dream and being this amazing talent of, of well-roundedness. And I think it goes for more talent on NXT than it does for the main roster. And Elias, another good example. Elias, same, yeah. For some reason, it didn't work in NXT, yeah. but it it really well, works on the main to, roster. Like you said about EC3, EC3 might not translate to NXT as well as he would on the main roster if they just put him right there. Yeah. Mm. You know? Yeah, he's one Some of those people guys. just have that character that's made for... Like the three-hour live show instead of the one-hour tape. Like Bobby Roode's a guy I figured would do way better on the main roster, but man, they're miss. They are just doing everything wrong with poor Bobby. God damn! I'm sorry. That's. Oh, I don't mean. I didn't mean to go up on the Bobby Roode tangent, but I'm a big sure. Bobby Roode fan, and like. Same. I'm sorry. I don't want to see Bobby Roode like, uh, glad handing the people and like suck. You know. Baby Basin, that's I, I don't like that. Unless this is going to turn People into him either. beating up Chad Gable and becoming yeah. heel rude. Come but, on, though. Yeah, that's a long way to go for something like that. And he had Kim. Let me go fool everyone and make them think I'm a good guy just so I can attack this guy. Why don't you just beat the shit out of him? Right. <laughs> going all the way around. Yes, the block to just cross going the around the block three times to get to the store across the street. <laughs> well, it's like uh. even like this. For example, Alexa Bliss wasn't showcased very much on NXT, and now look at her on the main roster. And then compare her to Bailey's career in NXT, and now to her career on the main mm, roster. Wow, wow. That's a really so good point. Woo, Denise, there yeah. you go. Denise killing it. it. Oh, wow. wow, that was perfect. All right, all right. I wish they would pull back on throwing Ronda out there and wrestle on on. And matches on TV. Mm -hmm. They got to protect her more. Not that she's not doing great, but I regard you got to, they got to protect the commodities better. Anyways, all right. We'll come back with Dave Lagana. That's it. Be right back. Welcome back to X Pac 12360, everyone. Joining us right now from Nashville, Tennessee via Skype, he's the vice president of the National Wrestling Alliance. And uh, he's also the creator of, in my opinion, should be uh, award-winning 10 Pounds of Gold. It's amazing. We have Dave Lagana. Yeah. All right. Hello, buddy. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, Dave. <laughs> hey, man. 
Uh, congratulations on everything. I mean, I know we've talked, and it's not like, okay, this is the first time we've talked in forever, but yeah. just publicly, I just want to congratulate you because when you were in here, uh, when this all like kind of first started, it was like, I don't know. When May. were you in here? When we were you in here? It was, with, right, it was right at Cauliflower Alley. It was around May. I was in with you guys. Yeah. And, and you know, from then, even from just then until now, wow. I just want to say, wow, man. Like, uh, congratulations. Thank you. It's been uh, it's been interesting to go back. Like I'm I'm in the process now of finishing the 35th 10 pounds of gold uh, from this wow. past weekend and sort of the fallout from all in. And it's it's almost like these three different chapters of this first year. I mean, it's not even a year yet. And you know, from from the Tim Storm and you know, Sean, you were there for yeah. the first time match we did. And you know, the, the you know, there's all these different chapters of this book that we're writing, and it's. It's it's kind of daunting when you, as far as like how far we've come so quickly, and you know, and and it's it's just Billy and I and Nick and Tim, and it's so it's such a small team that it's it kind of shows if you really kind of focus on one thing and get it right, what you can get right. Yeah, yeah, and I you know when it all first started, and even after the first ten pounds of gold was out, I was still wondering what the vision was going to end up looking like, and so far I've just. Like I'm just gonna go uh, talk about the episode uh, that you put out uh, from from All In, like that came right. out right after All In. Yeah. Man, and and as great as all the the ten pounds were prior to that, like to me that was taking it to another level. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I um, you know I I knew uh, all the way back actually from before uh, from when Nick and I came in that day. I'm trying to remember where we were and sort of the timeline of everything. You know, this was all agreed upon finally two days before the press conference as far as what we really were going to do. Even when we were in and Denise asked, you know, are you guys going to be all in? Right. You know, we, we, we knew we were going to do something. Obviously, my, my long relationship with Dusty and Cody and all that stuff. And, and, and we wanted to help. And so I knew that we were going to put in as much effort as possible to promote that event because I knew it was going to be great. And so did Billy that that our that we would over deliver as far as what that would be. So that day of, yeah. yeah, I brought I brought two high quality guys who knew how to shoot pro wrestling so I could I could maximize getting as much as possible. And and what you saw in that episode is probably 7% of what we shot. Oh, wow. You know, Whoa. Yeah. So when you know, are we like, going to see when are, when are we going to see uh, some more of that? Well, it's going to it's going to roll out in different parts. Like like Cody joked on Twitter wishing he there's a full documentary on Pharaoh and his yeah. day, you know, and you know, the search for formats. There's a lot of little stories, you know, there's there's obviously much deeper dive as far as what the bucks in them pulled off. You know, it's our and there's there's so much that you guys haven't seen in the last yeah. year, even down even down as I think Sean we talked about privately, the carnies who tried to steal belts from us. Yeah. And, you know the footage I have of that. You know we're we're the goal of ten pounds of gold is to give sort of the the week to week evolution of the brand. So when you look back at it, and I, I talked to some people in the UK, they're like, "Man, I just started watching it with the Cody stuff." I said, "Well, the way it's designed is you can watch it. You could pick it up anywhere and yes. start anywhere, That's and right. it's all tied together." Um, you know, so so that day I knew uh, Kenny. I brought Kenny Johnson, who directs a lot of Gabe's Evolve stuff and his own documentaries, and a guy named Lex Librand, mm-hmm. who um, used to work at that thing called Flow Slam. I think we all remember the six <laughs> yeah, months I they were around. Them. And <laughs> you know, th- these guys have had great thoughts, and I, we just simply 
you know, I think I put Kenny with Cody and Lex with Nick and, you know, what we got, they went out and got, and we all knew what we wanted. And, you know, and I think that was the goal of this whole project. And Nick talks about it and Cody talks about it. We all knew exactly. We wanted to create the big fight feel, the UFC boxing event. And every decision we made was to execute that. And even from the walks and you know the, the aftermath and like the entourages that came out with each yeah. each uh you know each wrestler i thought that was an, i, I love that touch yeah ddp loved it dreamer and, well, yes and, and everybody everybody who was there was a part of this story right. you know from all, all the way down to um cody's brother-in-law kevin and his father-in-law otis and you know tim storm and everyone was like why is davari there you yes know, for those for those that don't know like why was he there okay sure so davari was there because of his if if there was no davari there would be no nick aldis okay i assume some fans would say well why did he do that but you know davari kept nick sane for a long time at tna and helped to sort of guide him and get him there everybody that was involved in this project from soup to nuts as far as our inclusion had a part in that being there and you know, it, it's the weird cliche of everybody involved in that match, too, at one point or another decided to say, screw the traditional, we're going to bet on ourselves. Yep. Everyone. And from Billy and I from leaving TNA to Nick leaving TNA and basically being out of the business to Cody leaving WWE, they, we all had something to prove. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, what a moment when Cody won. The moment that to us, I think, as a team, feels the strongest was when the bell rung yeah or whatever it was 45 seconds the crowd simply honored that moment of of here's this dead brand dead spin billy corgan buys oldest and deadest brand in pro wrestling you know like to have it be literally 11 months in to get that reaction for a title match it just it was sort of it was so overwhelming that like to me, that was the greatest success point of the match. Cody winning, yes, the crowd was going to go crazy, but for them to be that excited for the bell, yes, that, that was amazing. And that's something that you shared. Like you don't, you didn't have to tune in to ten pounds of gold. You shared that in one of your tweets. Just that yeah. like thirty or forty second, you know, moment in time where yeah. like the people were all just soaking it in, and it was simmering, and the place was like getting ready to erupt before the. Before they even touched, and they yeah, took the, their time the, and they let it breathe. Yeah, you know. We all as a group sat. We all as a group have collectively agreed all of our favorite match moments is Hogan Rock. Yeah, and, and like like two weeks in advance, we're sitting like, that's the one. That's the that's the match we all go, man. If it just sounds like this, and then it did yeah. to a point, and you're just like, it's it's just kind of like again, it's it, I hate to say validation, but proof of concept that. You can make something feel important if you treat it to be important. And yeah. I think, Sean, you know this better than anybody. The overthinking of the business ends up taking away from the fans, not from 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 the talent. You're not and kidding, it, man! Holy crap! And, and, just, and this was this was so they never touched, they never mf'ed each other, they never there there was no there was no big angle. It was Cody wanted to win the title for his dad. And Nick won to win the title for his son. That's right. What a simple story. Yeah. No, like, oh, I'm trying to, like, steal your girl. Or I'm trying to, like, all these little things that, you know, everybody thinks you have to add to a wrestling storyline to make it, you know, compelling. Yep. Well, it's just, it's it, to me, it's, um, 
I think because it's gone so far that you, if you literally start at the beginning and think about how everyone, this is the world we live in now. Every, I, I joke that every, your mom is now a content creator because yep. she posts on Facebook. Like <laughs> your mom's not running angles on her Facebook. Though so when she does, the comment section in your, you know, the family stuff gets pretty heated. I, this is how people consume content now. Yep. And the old way of, of the story, the story doesn't end at, at 11.05 on Monday nights. Right. It continues, and that sort of was our approach. Damn it, Dave. Now I can't get out of my head. Your mom uh, shoots angles on Facebook. <laughs> like, is that a your mom joke or some shit? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, Dave, you mentioned having, you know, obviously it's a small team, but what can't go understated is the intricate thinking and the detail leading up to this match. Even, you mentioned the entourages. You look at the Cody entourage. Everyone's wearing the jumpsuits. And then on the Alda's entourage, everyone is dressed to the nines, including Tim Storm, who did such an amazing job to carry the brand after you guys took over the NWA. I mean, there's so many things that I think just just added to the mystique of, it, of the entire event. Yeah, and, and this is where we all trust each other. You know, Cody came to us with the entourage. He's like, I'm going to have these guys. Cool. So one of the one of the things when I went down to shoot the Cody workout stuff, he was like, I'll have all the entourage guys there. Except Dreamer. So great. So he had the jacket. Cody got the jackets made. I didn't need to sign off on a jacket design. It's his. It's We, we look at this like UFC. Everybody's got their own camp, and everyone is truly independent contractors in this. So Nick also picked his guys, and he came to us and said, what do you think about Tim? I said, Tim should definitely be there. Yes. You know, and, and, and like t- there, Tim deserved to be there because, again, without Tim, I don't know if we'd be here. We'd be somewhere. But for Tim, Tim betting on us and us betting on him, he deserved that moment of walking out in front of probably the most people he's ever walked in front of his life. And as and a, he as looks a great walking out. He looks great walking out there in a suit, doesn't he, Dave? Oh, he, he I mean, he. He is a professional, yeah. and you can, yeah. you know, like, and, and he's a good representative, exactly. representative of the company, does great media. He will always have a spot with us where all the guys that wanted their hands out when we bought the brand and wanted six-figure paychecks, Tim just wanted an opportunity. And yeah. I told the story in the U.K. that Tim turned down $25,000 to drop the title to somebody who didn't deserve it because they wanted their name on that list. And once Tim came to us and t- said he wasn't going to do it, we knew what kind of quality human he was. Yeah, and and to add to the you know Tim Storm, uh, a couple of months ago we were going to have Nick Aldis and Championship Wrestling from Arizona. He had a flight issue. Last minute, Tim Storm saved the day and came to Arizona yep. and was an utmost professional. And what a match he had with Avalon! Like I, you can't say enough great things about Tim. Yeah, I mean Tim, <laughs> Tim that poor he worked somewhere, had to drive three and a half hours to an airport, didn't sleep, got on the plane, came wrestled, and got on a plane home that same day. I mean like. And, and he's a 54-year-old school teacher. You know, it, like, this isn't a 22-year-old kid hoping for a break. This is a guy that understands the opportunity that's in front of him and has never even once complained. Well, you know, Dave, that's, that's, that's the great part. Dave, from a storyteller's perspective, I want to know, so when I was watching the 10 Pounds of Gold series, one of the things that I noticed was all the little storylines and the little elements of everybody where you had Nick and his son, you had Cody and Brandy, like all those tiny little stories all composed and kind of added to this, you know, event. For you, I want to know personally, in putting that together, what was one of your favorite aspects of those storylines? And for you, what does it feel like to be part of the creative that is drawn driving the series you know well the the responsibility i took on was trying to take everyone's real stories 
and make them feel as they are real. Like there's one moment in there that I, 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 it didn't land as strong as I had hoped because we ended up not using his call, but like uh, Timmy Baltimore. And if you know the Timmy Baltimore story and what it meant no. for, you know, we, we got in a situation where we needed someone to call the, the match. Uh, and, you know, as Cody and I talked about it, he brought up that he was going to have Timmy Baltimore call, I think, SCU and the Briscoes. And Cody told me, and, and it, it, DDP's involved, like Cody brought Brent, uh, he has it on an Instagram post, so don't, I'm going to butcher the story if I don't to tell it well, but I know Brent has to have a pretty serious surgery here in the next month. And once Cody told me the story, it's like, he's your friend, he should call your match. So the scene, like, the scene that you see where, where Brent finds out he's calling the match, he didn't know. That was, that was real. Brent and, being Timmy uh, and, Baltimore? Yeah, Timmy Baltimore, yeah. Okay. And so, like, little moments like that that mean the world to everybody, to me, is what we're going for. Like, we missed, I missed the phone call to Tim Storm because Nick called him after, and I wanted to shoot it. Right. Because, like, Tim started to cry. You know, because he he it was so important to him that he helped get us here that that us including him meant the world to him. Like being able to tell these stories and and Nick's son is so important to him. You know, like like the fact that he I try not to take him places that take him away from his son if it's not worth his time. You know, all of these people, Brandy, the Brandy Cody interviews, I did them separately. They didn't like it was not like they listened and heard what what the others said. Like, I kept them apart. The same with Nick and Cody. Nobody heard any of the interviews. So it became our responsibility here to make sure these stories all felt good. And again, there's so much that we didn't use. Like, I interviewed all the Nightmare Family guys. Right. It just didn't, it wasn't germane to it, uh, to the moment. And, you know, again, being a small operation, it's just it's just us here. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, don't, I don't have Kevin Dunn's 63 editors and all that stuff. So for people to respond the way it is to me, it's such a personal, you know, I stopped editing this because I wanted to do this interview with you guys. Nice. But like every minute of our day goes into this and everyone's like, well, but, but when are you guys going to do more? Like yeah. we want you to enjoy this so much that that you want more, not just more for the sake of more. Right. Hey, so, I, you know, you were talking earlier about the trust that that you have between each other. And and so you put out your episode and. And you don't even have to run it by Cody. Hey, like, you know, like, how is this look? Or I mean, it's just all trust, right? Like, yeah, he sees it, it when it, you put it out, right? Yeah, and, and even Billy at this point, he as long as he knows, and, and obviously his tour was massive and took yeah. a lot of his time, you know, he, he would tell me, if it's good to go, go. And then he'd give me notes after the fact. He's like, ah, you could have cut these two things. But, you know, he knows I'm not going to put out anything that's bad. <laughs> You know what I mean? Right. That that I think is less than because it's all of ours. And everybody knows if something is shot, it's fair game. So, again, sort of being objectionable in sort of taste or gives like, like there's so much personal stuff that I have shot that I would never use. But I have like I have moments that don't work in the non kayfabe sense. Right. You know what I mean? Like, but I have them. So. 10 years from now, you know, they can be used in another way. So like, like we shoot everything and then pick what, what we believe is best for the, for the timing. And the proof is in the pudding as far as people enjoying the product. Dave, I don't know how many YouTube subscribers the NWA had when you and Billy took over, but I'm staring at the page right now. It just topped 51,000. And the, we had zero. there was zero. We were handed 
we were handed a company with no social. The oldest pro wrestling brand in history had no social media presence. It had 13,000 Twitter followers, no YouTube page, no Instagram, uh, a Facebook page that had 13,000. When we did when we did the Tim Storm match, it had 16,000 uh, Facebook followers. Mm. So wow, yeah, so it was so, zero. So so Dave, uh, has the vision changed? Has it has it evolved uh, since a year ago? I think the, and I went back and listened to like one or two interviews that Billy and I uh-huh. did. The vision's been exactly the same as far as everything re- reflecting on the history of the brand, the legacy of the brand, and and the men who held the 10 pounds of gold. Like that list is is everything. And everything we've done has bounced off those two things. So, you know, we've done some, you know, we did Tim Storm and Josephus in an empty arena match, but it was tied to the NWA world's title. Yeah. Everything has bounced off of that one theme because to us, that was the important launching point. You know, and, and our, our first event on October 21st in Nashville, it's the 70th anniversary show because this is the 70th year of the brand. And, you know, tradition and legacy are, are buzzwords we'll use at this event. They'll be on the ring skirts. Yeah. Because that's what this this company stands for and has always stood for, and it's what people have loved, not the carny people that said, "Oh, I'm an end." I have to hear. I was an NWA promoter in 2003. Cool. What what do everyone remember from that period of right. your booking? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it, our, our like our, our respect for the men who held the ten pounds of gold and the people that really built it is what we're building towards. Hey, so do you have something you guys want to? Well, oh, I, I want to know them. what the difference yeah. was shooting 10 pounds of gold with Tim Storm versus Nick Aldis versus now with Cody, like creatively. Yeah, everybody is different. So, for example, um, Tim Storm, we use Sam Shaw as his narrator. Mm. But once Nick became champion, I, I found the narrator not necessary. The Cody, I haven't, I really, this is the first one that really has Cody. Um, and but but Cody's stories, especially through October 21st, is heavily tied to Nick. So that style would sort of match how we've done those. I approach each episode differently as far as, you know, finding ways so they don't feel repetitive. Mm-hmm. And I felt the narrator got us in a repetitive sense. Uh, so each sort of chapter has a different vibe to it. And I'm, and I'm literally at this moment uh, was just a banging my head on the table trying to figure out the vibe of this one. So. Um, my concussion will kick in in about two hours. Mm-hmm. How much creative input does Cody have? Because with being the elite and all the other stuff he does on YouTube and the other, all the other content he creates, does he give you pointers like, hey, let's shoot this this way, or I want to be shot like this? He, he, never, he never asks for how to be shot, but everything he says is from him. You know, we'll just, you know, like, he's set, I mean, he, I just listened to him on JR. He wants to take that title everywhere. He is going to wear it on New Japan and he is going to take it everywhere he goes. I, I, I'm not with him every day, but he might sleep with the title. You know what I mean? It's, it means that much to him that, you know, he couldn't take it enough places the day after. And I, I, I said to somebody, he, he apologized to me and said, listen, look, I bled on the belt. Like that, that shows how. You're not the first one. <laughs> so, um, you know, as far as everybody, everybody has as much input. So if everybody had like. Like the workout was his idea, meaning how he went, like he said, I'm going to have this, this and this. So he's like, I'm going to do a, a rival shot. Cool. And then it's up to me to make sure that arrival shot fits the vibe we're going for. We all trust each other. And, and that's, again, the right point, because we're not also 
money is is the the smallest discussion in this because I think and and everyone's re- reaction to it, it's the impact that this is all having, much larger than any financial decision because the money will come in this world, but the, but the but the lasting impact of 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 what's happening here is is much larger. Hey, hey Dave. Wow. So you were just talking about Cody wanting to take the title everywhere and defend it. Like, is he going to be able to do that? I mean, outside of New Japan and ROH? We, there obviously are, you know, he's a contracted Ring of Honor talent. Right. There are, there are limitations um, that happen. But, for example, Joe Coff is allowing Cody to appear at Championship Wrestling from Hollywood nice. this, this Sunday. You know, it's... It's it's a uh, it's just an appearance. He won't be wrestling, but we'll also be setting the course for what he's going to do move forward. His Ring of Honor contract runs through I think, January first. Mm. So it, picture a world where Cody is a free agent with the NWA World's Title. I, yeah, I totally picture that. Also, like it would behoove ROH to like kind of let him do a you know these types of things if 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 it means that much to Cody. Yeah, and 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 he will have ring. He 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 will have an NWA title match at a Ring of Honor event. Yeah, you know, and and you know, he I, I believe his contract allows him to defend it internationally. So if I know he has some booking, I had a promoter reach out. If but he's got shows in December in in the UK, they're asking, can we have a title match? And this is the, this is was all set in like, you know, I, I don't want Nick to get lost in any of this because right. none of this would have been possible without Nick's commitment to us and Billy and I. To really do this, he did this on a promise, not on a guarantee. And and again, there's a lesson in this. And you know, I'll say it here because I hopefully a lot of wrestlers listen. Too many guys worry about what they're going to get paid instead of the opportunity they have. Yeah. And I talked about my my opportunity to work for Vince McMahon when I was 24 years old was worth more than the hundred thousand dollars I paid to go to college. The exposure you get by learning from somebody like mm. Sean or anybody is worth more than the payday at That's times. Right. And if you can understand that, you can get a lot further than, well, I need uh, this much or I'm not going to be able to do it, especially when you're going to get better. I read and- that. I read I read uh, just, was it yesterday, where you were talking about how much it, like how the, you were you put a value on on yeah. like, the experience it's working with Vince. Yes, you know, absolutely. That's, that's the thing. Yeah. And, I under- and, and trust me, I understand the economics of being a pro wrestler, but and trust me, people pay their dues, but I don't think they really understand the opportunity in front of them when they're around really smart people. And I remember Paul Bear telling me when he went back to WWE in the, the later 2000s, he just sit in the locker room and nobody would pick his brain or talk to him. And that yeah. made me sad. Yeah. So like like there's such an opportunity to learn from these people. And, that, and that's all, honestly the series is meant to sort of show the world that I've seen for the last 18 years yeah. and and. To give an insight, so maybe somebody learned something from this, uh, and, and the business is only going to grow and evolve if those inside of it want to. As, a, as instead of working each other, we're supposed to work the emotions of the audience, and I think that's what we've succeeded at this year. Yeah, yeah. Dave, with the ten pounds of gold and being the lead, do you think that we're going to be seeing more wrestlers and/or promotions maybe kind of sort of try their own versions of what you're doing and what the Bucks are doing? This is, I mean, this is not a new concept. I mean, Kevin Steen had a YouTube show. Years before he went to WWE, the, the key is consistency. You know, it's why we didn't just do four episodes of it. The, 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 the burden, the pressure, the, the, um, the commitment to do it weekly is why it works. YouTube works because people want to subscribe to channels that give them 
great content consistently. You can't just do one and then come back six months from now. You have to be consistent with the content and you have to create content inside each vehicle the way people consume it. So YouTube is long form. Everybody feels like, oh, and I've heard people in the business, and I don't want to put my stuff up on YouTube because it'll cannibalize TV viewership. But YouTube rewards you for longer pieces. So the, the, mm-hmm. the dusty piece the, uh, was 21 minutes. The average view time on that YouTube video was 12 minutes. Wow. Unheard <laughs> yeah. of as, as, as far as, you know, it, that meant people, every person watched at minimum half. And, you know, the longer the longer form videos have done amazing on YouTube. Now, I put that on Twitter. No one's going to watch all wow. 21 minutes. That's why, I've Sean, I put the shorter clip up to drive people to want to see what's going on. And it's worked. And mm-hmm. our, our growth, our growth has been so amazing. And, and these little bumps from James Ellsworth to, <laughs> um, you know, to Cody now, when, when we when we work with other talents, both sides grow exponentially. Yeah. Hey, so so Dave. This is one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about, and I was telling them earlier. Uh, you know what? How do you define a wrestling promotion in the year 2018? And is is NWA a wrestling promotion? Yeah, that's an interesting. And 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 Nick mentioned this in one of the videos that we're not a traditional wrestling company with 50 wrestlers under right. contract. You know, running all these live events. We're a promotion, more like a uh, Money Mayweather promotion or um, De La Hoya. You know what I mean? Like we promote fights and successfully now have promoted, I would say, two really big ones. Like the first Tim Storm fight with Nick was, you know, we got the attention on two people that they didn't expect they wanted to see. And, it, right. you know, did X. And now with the Cody one, we're a, we're a promotional uh, machine basically yes and in in reality entertainment's not defined that's go what i was at, yeah go go look at traditional entertainment right now and the shifts going on at, at giant companies trying to mm-hmm. a sitcom in 1998 had a lot more value than a sitcom in 20 uh 2010 yes. 2018 so it's all about what the audience wants to watch and how they want to watch it and the fact that there are a lot of wrestling companies producing a lot of content that people aren't paying attention to, and we've been able to succeed by producing less content and making the content more important. And while we're talking about promotions, the timing couldn't be more perfect for the 70th anniversary show, October 21st in Nashville. The announcement was just made. Can you give us any insight uh, into the fans, which I believe tickets go on sale this Friday. Um, can you give us any info on on what to expect, perhaps? Because uh, it's, it's yeah, an amazing the, event. You know, I mean, I think... You know, in any good promotion, you know, people I think people were taken by surprise by the Cody Nick match as far as I think people could say, oh, Cody's going to walk away with the title. But I think people were sort of blown away by the 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 whole spectacle of it. So it's natural to do the rematch as soon as possible, because I think in most sports, like like especially MMA, which frustrates me, they do a big fight. And then it's years go by or, or boxing, you know, Pacquiao and Mayweather, they made them wait for so long. You know, people are into this now and, you know, we're going to amp it up and the storytelling is going to uh, change. And the interesting part about the rematch, the first match took place on Cody's home field, you know, and, and you could look at story points in that match that you could point to. Cody was outside the ring for a long amount of time. Mm-hmm. 
you could you could argue the referee had a little thing. Brandy got in the ring in the match. There was a lot of interesting things on Cody's home field that may not ring same as true on the NWA home field, which, again, yeah. Nick is a contracted NWA talent. So, you know, the, the idea of Nick taking his rematch on his home turf is is very interesting, juxtaposed to the all-in stuff. Yeah. Also, we're going to uh, crown our first national champion, or we're going to bring back the national championship. Are you going to get uh, a retro-style belt, or are you going to go with the newer, newer version? I think, Sean, you might be w- one of the few people that really enjoy what we're going with with the belt. All the, right. uh, nice. The, the belt will have a nod to the past of the NWA. And we aren't going to reveal it until week of show, if not that night. Because there's one thing I've learned about wrestling fans. They may or may not have a lot of hot takes on things. So we're going to have the new championship that week. You know, I look forward to everyone's hot takes because uh, there will be them. Because the people who do know already have hot takes. Right. And everyone's got an opinion on it, which means I know it's going to work as far as what people want hey, do, do um, we have, i'll say this there's nothing like it right now in pro wrestling as far as a title i love it hey, is there, um, do we have any it, I, can you can you share with us any of the, uh any of the names that are going to be uh you know competing for that national heavyweight title it's uh it's going to be an eclectic list and one that is ever growing um you know I, i've spoken to a bunch of people and in fact the format of the match we're trying to figure out as well you know tournament this that or the other thing we want to find something that uh is interesting and also allows for a good variety of talent to participate. Mm. So, you know, we'll hopefully have more announcements of that as we get closer. Uh, same with, you know, other matches and such. We wanted to really kind of put all the promotion behind the rematch, the idea we're bringing this title back. And, you know, we, we are going to have, we just put the ticket pricing on mm-hmm. online. I think we're yeah. doing $70 ringside and then $19 and 48 cents as an homage to the year of the founding of the company for general admission. Wow. <laughs> there there will cool. also be a, a, a VIP meet and greet package that will be separate from that. We're just building that out as we try and get legends and all that stuff. But we really wanted to make this an experience that, you know, I, the most overwhelming thing is people reaching out that they'd already bought plane tickets to this, mm-hmm. which, you know, if we were to sell out first day, I think it would be so amazing to us. But I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to predict or, or, that's our that's everybody's hope right sell yeah. out first day but you know we are we are pushing that it's 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 a once in a lifetime type event mm-hmm. you know the, as far as what we're going to pull off and we're just really excited to have it dave where are people going to be able to watch this exactly so the the if if you can't make it to nashville it'll be on fight just like uh, all in was nice and we're, we're you know i think everyone's been really happy with that service i know i was i ordered uh a wrestling pay-per-view last year on it had no problems and you know my my, my past in wrestling i pay-per-views all the way back to the go fight live days it always was sort of uh dodgy if it was going to work but but fight has really stepped up and and put technology behind their streaming service and i know you know minus a small hiccup here or there you know they've been really good at delivering content to wrestling fans i'm very impressed with them i wasn't like i didn't have re- i wasn't like uh is up on on what they were doing until all, all in weekend. Yeah, and then I realized, and then I realized, I was gonna say, then I realized who actually Fight TV was, and like it was great to see that guy. Yeah, it was. It's you know Mike Weber has yeah. led a really good team, and you know they've got they've got really good technology behind it, and streaming is 
that's why, you know, being a traditional wrestling company with traditional television isn't just the way because you tell me a 15-year-old who's watching TV, I'll tell you they're not actually yeah. 15. They're probably 65 years right. old. Hey, so, so this, is why I, this is why I brought up what defines a, 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 pro, a wrestling promotion in, you know, in 2018. And who's to say what defines it? No one, like, no one is like, uh, you know, that's not for anyone to say. I'm, I, I was giving an example to Mark Donica uh, before we came on the air. Like, okay, in Japan... Okay, because if, if, if you would say, because it used to be like, okay, it's not a real wrestling company if it doesn't have TV, doesn't, you know, have a full-time schedule. Says who? In Japan, yep. no one ever said U, UWF, FMW, Wing. No one ever said those weren't real promotions. They didn't have TV. They ran like once a month or little tours here and there. And, and, and they promoted through the magazines and the newspapers yep. and the media. You use what's in front of you. Here, here's the best wrestling promotion on the planet as far as non-WWE right now. Two guys, KSI and Logan Paul. That's they right. 800,000 pay-per-view buys oh my God. for a boxing match that was, was not professional boxing. It was that, And that's the Young Bucks, Cody, what they pulled off. The, the best pro wrestling promotions right now are the individual talents that invest in themselves. Yeah. Mm. Because the audience feels that, and then and I did an interview in December talking about this being the authentic era, and all of this energy is based on being authentic. Yep. And you know there was the Attitude Era, there was the PG Era, but this authentic area because now you can take a camera and go s- create what you want that's authentic to you. Mm-hmm. Again, you can put as much fiction or as little fiction as you want, but if you're if you can do be the author of this story, you have the ability to do it now. And also, what's amazing, going back to Fight TV, anyone in the world can watch October 21st. Anyone in the yep. world could watch all in. I don't, I'd love to know what the numbers were of international buys versus, because people around the world love all in. They love the NWA, and so it's just, it's allowing it to be accessed by so many more people. It's amazing. It was really cool to be in the UK and have multiple fans want to talk to me, which, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. like, they were just like, I love what you guys are doing, and it's just... Like when I was at WWE, besides Sean not loving me for a few days here or there, most Did people I? didn't know who <laughs> I was a dick to once everyone. or twice. <laughs> uh, uh, but most people didn't know who I was, or we were public enemy number one. So, so to be able to create and not only deal with great talents who are open to it, you know, is an audience that really appreciates it. To me, is is what era we live in now. Mm. Yep. Well, I want to know. With the Madison Square Garden show coming up, are you hoping to have the NWA title defended there? Yeah, obviously we we did a ten pounds when Billy sold out the Garden, and you know we would love we would love the NWA World Heavyweight Championship to be available and defended on any stage imaginable. Yep. So if it's Madison Square Garden, if it's the Barclays Center, if it's WrestleMania, if it's the Tokyo Dome, we have put zero limits on how and where, and I think. Each time we get in that bat, we're proving our value to be on that stage. Because I remember that the, the announcement happened with All In. Everyone was like, oh, all this versus Cody? I mean, I guess the moment when Cody wins, I guess that'll be something. And we have we over-delivered in that moment. And I know we can over-deliver on any stage. Because I think our, our success at, at what we've been able to do has proven that. Absolutely. And so, Dave... As far as the NWA itself and what you guys are are thinking, is is there like, are you are you guys 
particular to one kind of style. You know, you know what I mean? Like there's different styles worked in, 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 in independent wrestling these days. Are you guys like looking to stay with more one style? Or are you trying to be all inclusive? How is that working? Well, I think the only style we are beholden to is the best story wins. Gotcha. Meaning like if you have a, like, like there are so many things that I can't wait to explore and, and one that I'll bring up that I can't wait to explore. I'm just not sure the timing is women. You know, yes. this, you know, originally when we booked the event, WWE was scheduled to run October 21st. They had a pay-per-view. I don't remember what the name of it was. And it was be head to head with us. We were going to run at two o'clock in the afternoon or three o'clock in the afternoon as not to be competing with them. Then they moved it to do that women's pay-per-view. So it, to me, it's really interesting that they are making a strong effort, one, putting Renee Young on commentary, yep. and two, doing an all-women's pay-per-view, to for us to make some sort of statement as we move forward. And it will be an evolving statement as far as women, you know, is of, of how we can present them differently. And I'm looking forward to that challenge. And I know it's a challenge because it's a very polarizing subject, and I think one that I think we can tackle in a way that, uh, WWE won't. Cool. Wow. Any women you have your eye on? Yes. Anyone you want to share with? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but, I mean, it's but th- that's the, the the thing is is their story will be authentic to them. Yeah. That's 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 the best way I can state about what we will do. Hey, the one I have my eye on is Tessa Blanchard, and I think she'd be a great NWA World Women's Champion. And it was so cool uh, to see both Magnum and Tully at All In. Did you get some footage of that? We we have a little bit. Again, we want to we want to grow as people grow. But I you know I have some of Tessa's story from uh-huh. the press conference and all that stuff. You know she she's she's gotten real hot, obviously, in the last little bit. You know I know she's got an Impact contract and a Wow contract and a here and there, but. I, I think the world of her talent and she's so young and, you know, I think that women like her and, you know, just so everybody knows, I I don't want to avoid mentioning her name. Jazz is the last NWA women's champion. That's right. You know, she's got a great story to tell and, and one that I hope we can explore. Oh my God. That's right. She was just on women's wrestling weekly. That's right. She was just on our, like, uh, one of my, uh, I think TK was here when you were here. Yeah. She has Women's Pro, Pro Wrestling yeah. Weekly now, and I think Jazz was just on. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there, there's lots of great stories at at various ages and experience levels. And, you know, I, it, again, it, it is as, as much as 10 Pounds of Gold has been such a passion project, that's one that I've been patient with not to rush. Uh-huh. You know, I... I've shot various things with various women across, you know, I did a little small package on Madison rain for Cody's YouTube channel. Right. You know, like to me, that's very important. If you really want to tell a woman's story that it, it, it is, it is from their point of view. And I think that has not always been the case. Huh. Is there anything that you thought you shot that you needed for like airing a, a segment or something that when you got back and went through the footage, it wasn't there and you had to figure out how to fill the gap <laughs> all the time. There's, you know, um, you know, I, I will overshoot. Like, for example, there's a, there's a series of shots with a referee uh, that I shot in the UK that I was like, I have no idea how I'm going to use it, but I might use it. Mm. I, I take, you never know what, what will be usable or not. Even from Denise asking Nick, are you going to be all in? I knew I'd probably use that, 
you know, uh, because I knew the story. Same all the way back to Sam Roberts, because at that time we knew we were potentially doing it. Now, if we weren't going to, I probably wouldn't have used it. So everything is fair game. And even to the point now, people are volunteering footage. You know, I've had fans say, hey, I'd love to use my camera phone footage in 10 pounds of gold from from when Cody won the title, because I think that shows I think there was like an NFL commercial I saw that used that that technique. And it doesn't have to be pretty. It just has to be authentic to the moment. And and that Cody reaction when he won Mm. was authentic to the moment. That's awesome. And, you know, you talk about having the best story possible. Can't wait to see how many stories develop October 21st. And, of course, this Sunday, uh, Cody's first television appearance as NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. So. Yep, yeah. at uh, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. We'll do a special meet and greet after for everybody who's ever been. It's, you know, o- the Ocean View Pavilion is about an hour outside L.A., but this will be worth it, you know. And it's Hollywood adjacent, It's Dave. always worth it. It's always <laughs> worth it. <laughs> uh, Dave, real, hey, anything real quick before we get going? Because we're, we're at the end of the show now. Good Did you do anything everyone's, with the footage Everyone's you shot? support to me has meant so much to all of us, and Billy especially, like, you know, the, the the one thing we didn't have at All In was Billy to be there. Right. And it was it was real hard for him because, you know, here he is on this giant tour that gained all this steam. And he just finished it literally yesterday, I think, or, or Sunday. And he already he's already off doing more yeah. music stuff. And then he's going to go home and rehearse for the, the he's got two European dates. And then literally he's flying from the European date hopefully to Nashville for the anniversary show. I so wonder if that affects I wonder if that affects his gig like his set when when like he's out here playing in front of a packed house but like his mind is in Chicago. Right? For is, all uh, that. I, I had the pleasure of being on the, the front third of the tour. I, yeah. I, I think nine of the first fourteen shows. It, it's especially that show if anybody saw it. It it is a it was a three hour and fifty he played for three hours and fifty minutes wow. oh straight <laughs> and he he ain't sitting at a piano for three fifteen he's playing guitar right. I mean it was a it was a pretty pretty hard show you know his commitment he works harder than when I think I'm working hard I spend a day with him and go okay he because even when he finishes a show he'll be up for three hours after that's right and then he's up working on new music at six a.m. oh my god so you know when the people. When people go after him for the silliness, they, they don't really know what he's capable of. But, yeah, he uh, – like, I'll get messages from him at 4 a.m. when he's on the bus. Hey, what yeah. if we try this or I watch this? Like, he is so committed to this. And especially in a business where everyone wanted his money and didn't want his help to grow their businesses. Right? Yeah. We, we, we've, 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 we've built a business from zombie status. I'm not going to say the NWO was ever dead, but zombie status to being a living, breathing – entity when everyone said it was dead it, it was dead come on let's be honest dave it, regardless of whether people were going around uh masquerading and saying they were nwa this or that the brand was dead man you guys you guys you you resurrected it it yeah. wasn't like oh it was just you know on life support no it was dead let's be honest about it dave well i i, I don't say anything because i don't i don't people's opinions on where it was because also i don't i don't want to open a window of where they think where it's at now all I know is every at-bat we get, we're doing something that we know yeah. that people will enjoy. Yeah. And I think if, if you create anything and that is not your singular goal, and if you're literally starting with, well, what are they going to pay for this? Then then ultimately the, the people smell that and go, eh, yeah, I'm all right. So, yeah. Hey, so Dave, thank you so much, man. Um, it, was, it was great and a really timely, uh, you know, 
for you to uh, come on the show this this morning. Appreciate it, and you know, I hope you guys will be able to have you know Nick and Cody. Oh, on for sure. Closer, and you know, hopefully Billy and oh, yeah. uh, you know Tim Storm, and you know, you know, you, you honestly never know who's going to pop up in that national title match. Yeah. Can't wait. Um, I think it'll be really interesting. So yeah, man. Um, like I said, congratulations on on taking like, and and thank you. I like not just congratulations and pat on the backs, but like from somebody in the industry that loves this industry, thank you to you, Billy, like everyone involved, uh, Tim Storm, Nick, everyone for helping. You know, you guys make are this. You know what I mean? Like that's, that. That was the point of involving everybody yes. in the store. Yeah, and that that's the most fun is that everybody's involved in this. And this is this has made the business a better uh, a better business. Mm-hmm. And thank you for that, Dave. Absolutely. Thank yep, you. Thank you, guys. And have an awesome rest of your day, my friend. Thank you. All Take right. Dave LeGonna, everyone. Yeah. 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 That was excellent. All right, man. All right, so, like, let's just get get out of here while we're on a, you know, Follow good note. Sean on social media at the real X-Pac. Use the hashtag X-Pac12360 if you want to share your thoughts about this episode or any other episode. Go to YouTube.com slash X-Pac. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're almost at 1,000 subscribers. Get us to 1,000, and we're going to do a pin giveaway. Yeah, something like some that. Some kind of giveaway. Nice. Upcoming dates in Lowell, Mass, September 14th, Friday, September 14th. Pro Wrestling Super Show Summer Showdown. Yeah, I'll be there with, with Scott and Kevin. Scott and Kevin. Uh, tickets at paper brown or brownpapertickets.com. And then uh, Saugit, Illinois. Is that how you say it? Friday, October 19th for Glory Pro Wrestling oh, with yeah. Buff Bagwell and Scott Norton. Vicious and Delicious. Ticketweb.com for all, all your right. info on that. Follow me on Twitter at Jimbo in the Booth. Awesome. First of all, I just want to say thank you to everybody that's been dropping comments on my Expo Lucha interviews. They have been absolutely incredible. I'm so blown away by them. So thank you so much to you guys. But make sure to follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo. Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, as you know, this Sunday. Also watch it worldwide on Fight TV. And Blackcraft Wrestling's next pay-per-view, Burning Bridges, Friday, October 5th. Buy tickets at blackcraftwrestling.com in Anaheim. Hey, did we give Instagram and all that stuff too? Instagram is uh, it's Xpoc one two three sixty. Xpoc one two three sixty show. Boom at real Xpoc um, at its baby Lula um, at at the real Xpoc. Mark Donica. <laughs> Mark, go ahead. Might as well. Hey, you can find me on Twitter at Mark B. Donica. I host an NXT show on AfterBuzz TV. If you want to talk a little bit more about that or get on my Jinder Mahal opinions, find me on Twitter at Mark B. Donica. All right. Well, we'll see you right here next week on Xbox One Two Three Sixty. AfterBuzz TV, Jericho Network, Westwood One. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Sean Waltman, producers Mark B. Donica, Jimbo Frank, and the entire Xbox 12360 staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in. Like us on Facebook, rate and comment on iTunes and YouTube. Follow Xbox on Twitter at TheRealXbox and email us at xbox12360show at gmail.com. The Westwood One Podcast Network.